Hey, this is Caleb Cole, pastor of Project Church in Sacramento. And man, I am so excited for you to hear this word. I believe God is going to encourage you, strengthen you, and challenge you through it. So get ready to receive from God today. All right, church. Well, how are we? What a day, what a day. The Niners play in one hour. Keep praying. Um, I was actually thinking about it because a few years back, I started playing fantasy football. And it was about five, six years ago, I started playing fantasy football. I never played before. And so my first year of playing fantasy football, um, I I took a big L. I was like last place in the league because I had no idea what I was doing. But then during that year, I started to figure it out a little bit. And so the next year, I re-upped on the same fantasy football league, and I took the dub, church. I won it all. And, uh, and they were mad because I had just started playing, you know, the year before, and then I came out and won it. And uh, so I was feeling real confident. I go into year three, uh, season three, fantasy football, and I was hyped, man. I'm going to win this whole thing again. Win me some money, too. Come on. And, uh, and so I'm going through this fantasy football league, and... As I was going through, the Lord started to speak to me because I would come off the stage from preaching and I'd immediately go to my phone to check how my team was doing. In between everything I'm doing on Sundays, I'm literally greeting people, getting notifications like, you know, oh, snap, yeah, nice, nice. You know, I got a catch. And, and the Lord started to convict me and he said, Caleb, you're distracted on the day that you need to be focused. Because I don't know if you know this, but Sunday's kind of a big day for us who, uh, you know, pastor in this church. And so the Lord started to convict me, and he spoke to me, and he said, you need to quit. Now, I didn't like that. Now, listen, I'm saying this was between me and God. I'm not talking to any other fantasy football fans or owners. I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about me. The Lord spoke to me. And so in the middle of the season, I shut it down. I quit. The league was all mad because I took an L the rest of the way. Um, and, and I have not played fantasy football since. Yeah, thank you. Now, this is me. This is me. I'm not talking about you. I'm talking about me. But I do want to talk about you because today I'm not going to tickle your ears. I know it's a fun day, NFC championship. We got Niners fans. We got Chiefs fans. We got Eagles fans. We got maybe some Bengals fans in the room. And maybe you just came. Let's go through the motion of church. It's going to be a great day. But I think that God is going to challenge us in a deep, deep way today in this room. So if you don't want to be challenged, you should probably run for the door right now. But if you want to open your heart to what God wants to say, I want you right now to just say, I'm open. Just say it. Say, I'm open. Here's what we have come to. We are in the series on the book of Genesis, and I, we have come to Genesis chapter 22. You can go there with me. It will be on the screen for you. I'm going to read it here in a moment. But it's a story where God asked Abraham to sacrifice his son, his only son, to give up what he loves and values the most. And so that's really the question that I want to ask you today is if God asked you to give up something, maybe something you love, you cherish, could you? Would you? Let's read Genesis chapter 22. 
After these things, it's a little long, so stick with me. After these things, God tested Abraham and said to him, Abraham, and he said, here I am. He said, take your son, your only son, Isaac, whom you love and go to the land of Moriah and offer him there as a burnt offering on one of the mountains of which I shall tell you. So Abraham rose early in the morning, saddled his donkey and took two of his young men with him and his son Isaac and he cut the wood for the burnt offering and arose and went to the place of which God had told him. On the third day, everybody say say third day. Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place from afar. Then Abraham said to his young men, stay here with the donkey, I and the boy will go over there and worship and come again to you. And Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac, his son. And he took it his hand, the fire and the knife. So they went both of them together. And Isaac said to his father, Abraham, my father, he said, here I am, my son. He said, behold, the fire and the wood. And where's the lamb for a burnt offering? Abraham said, God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering, my son. So they went both of them together. When they came to the place of which God had told him, Abraham built the altar there and laid the wood in order and bound Isaac, his son, and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Then Abraham reached out his hand, took the knife to slaughter his son. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, here I am. He said, do not lay your hand on the boy or do anything to him. For now I know that you fear God. Everybody say fear. Fear. He fears God. Seeing you have not withheld your son, your only son from me. And Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked, and behold, behind him was a ram caught in a thicket by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered it up as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called the name of that place, the Lord will provide Jehovah Jireh. As it is said to this day on the Mount of the Lord, it shall be provided. This is a very scathing text. Because if you know the story, maybe you haven't been here, maybe some of you have been here the last few weeks, you know we just talked about the waiting, what's in the waiting, and the idea that Abraham had been waiting on the promise of a son, and it took him 30 years of waiting from when God had promised him that he would receive a son, and from this son, he would become a great nation, and his his, uh, descendants would be as numerous as the stars, and he waits, and he waits, and waits, and then this miracle happens at the age of 100 years old. Abraham and Sarah, Sarah gives birth to a son, a miracle, not possible in the natural. They were too old. They were past childbearing years and God gives them this son. And then now God asks him to sacrifice the same son. The promise that he has received, God now asks him to give it up. And I came to this, I was studying the words, some of the original language, I I was digging into the Hebrew, and the word where it says, Abraham took Isaac, it says he bound him on the altar. And God brought me to this word, and he highlighted this word, and he illuminated this, this word, and it was the word akad, that's the Hebrew word, which means bound or binding, the binding of Isaac. And the word means to trust together or put together, tie together an animal's legs for sacrifice. And so God brought me to this word and he highlighted this word. I was like, God, what are you trying to say? What are you trying to say to me? What are you trying to say to the church? And this is what I felt like God wanted to say. You need to bind or you will be bound. I felt like God wanted to say to us, there are things in your life that you need to bind up. Because if you do not bind them up, you will be bound by those very same things. 
And those things will hold you back from the purpose and the call that God has on your life. And when I look at the church and I look at the American church, you know what I see? I see a lot of people who are in bondage. They are bound to the things of this earth. They're bound to their money. They're bound to their phones. They're bound to pornography. They're bound to sin. They're bound to their pride. And I see a church that is bound and God it wants to call us to a place of freedom. He wants to release freedom in this place. And so I told you, I didn't come to tickle your ears today, church. I came to challenge you because God is calling us to bind some things up so that we would no longer be bound by those same things. I want to talk to you about the binding belief of Abraham. You see, there was a belief that he carried in this moment that we can learn from. Now, Abraham was not perfect. He is not the example of Jesus that we have in the New Testament. But we can learn from the Old Testament. We can learn from the characters of the Old Testament. And he carried a faith and a belief that I believe is going to challenge us today that we would bind things, bind maybe what we hold most dear, bind what we love. So that those very same things do not put us in bondage. We are not bound. And so the title of my message today, if you're taking notes, is Bind or Be Bound. The Binding Belief of Abraham. Abraham didn't question. He simply obeyed. This was astounding to me because I thought back to last week's message. And Abraham debated with God. You guys remember, Chrissy talked about Sodom and Gomorrah, and God actually goes to Abraham and says, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to wipe everyone out. I'm going to destroy this city. I'm going to burn Sodom and Gomorrah to the ground. And Abraham debates with God. What does he do? He says, well, God, what if I find 50 righteous people in the city? Will you save it? And God says, all right, if, I can, if you find 50 righteous, I'll save it. And then Abraham's like, whoa, that's a little, that's a little much. All right, God, what about 40? And God says, if you find 40, I'll save it. Well, God, what about 30? And he goes down the list until he gets to five. And Abraham says, God, if I can just find five righteous people in this city, will you save it? And what does God say? He says, for five people, I'll save it. And guess what? Abraham can't find five righteous people. But I was thinking about it because I'm like, here, God speaks to Abraham and says, take your son and offer him as a burnt sacrifice. And what does the next verse tell us? It says, Abraham wakes up in the morning, packs up his son, packs up all his supplies, brings a couple servants, and goes out to sacrifice him. There's no debate. There's no negotiation. There's no conversation. And I was astounded by this because I'm going, wait, just a few chapters earlier, Abraham is debating with God over Sodom and Gomorrah, and now he's just going in obedience. What changed? But you see, I skipped one chapter in the middle. What happened in the chapter in the middle was Isaac was born. You see, between Sodom and Gomorrah and here in chapter 22, God gives Abraham the promise He gives him the promise after years of waiting, after what seemed to be impossible, God gives him the promise. And can I tell you, it is easier to have faith in God when we've already received the promise. 
But I felt like today God wanted to remind us while Abraham, he did act and just obey. I wanted to challenge us that we would be a people that obey and step out in faith even if we haven't received the promise we've been waiting on yet. That's what God is looking for. A people that walk in obedience despite our circumstances. If our circumstances determine our faith, then our faith is not very substantial. And so today, I know some of you are walking through some things, you're walking through some struggles, you're in the middle of a storm, and your faith is weakening, and God wanted to say, I'm still with you. Let your faith rise in this place. He is raising a level of faith in this room right now. Isaac, we know, studies, historians will tell us, theologians, that Isaac at this point was 20 years old. I always thought of him as a child. That's how I'd actually seen it, pictured it, been taught it. But he's actually a 20-year-old. I mean, he's a man. And he also goes willingly with his father. Obedience. You see, we can learn from the binding belief of Abraham that there is power in obedience. I believe that God blessed this moment because of the obedience of Abraham. And he's looking for a people that will walk in obedience to him. The second thing we see here is Abraham knew that worship always costs something. You see, we get confused that worship is what happens here on Sunday mornings for 25 minutes. Oh, we worshiped. Now, that's part of worship. But worship is your life. Romans 12 says, let your life be a spiritual act of worship. Your words, what you do with your money, how you talk to people, how you treat your coworkers, your neighbors, what you do at home, everything you do, my actions, my every step is worship to God. And Abraham knew worship always costs something. Here's what's crazy, this text, verse 5. He gets to the place that God told him to go. And God says to him, now go and take your son. And he speaks to his servants. He says, wait here. We will worship and then we will come back to you. This is the first time in all of the Bible that the word worship is used. Right here. And what was worship associated with? Sacrifice. You see, worship, true worship, always costs us something. True worship has to be sacrificial. That's why we tell you, you may not always feel like it when you come in here on Sunday mornings, but I'm going to sing, I'm going to praise, I'm going to lift my hands. Why? Because it should cost me something. Whether I feel it or not, I'm bringing it. And then when I go out into this world, my life, it's not easy to do the right thing. It's not easy to honor God. It's not easy to be patient and say the right thing. But I'm choosing it. Why? Because it's costing me something and that's what true worship is Abraham knew worship costs him something and so he goes if we're not willing church to bind what God asks us to it will bind us bind or be bound so here's what I want to ask you today I got some friends coming out here to help me what do you need to be unbound to so you can walk in freedom. What 
Are you willing to give up if God asked you to? Is there anything in your life that if God said, lay it down, put it on the altar, sacrifice it, give it up, is there anything in your life that you could not let go of? I want you to look at your heart right now. Come on, come out. Come from the back, my peoples. I really believe that God in this moment, on this day, the last Sunday of January of 2023, that God brought you here because he wanted to challenge everyone in this room to lay some things down, to bind some things up so you are not bound. So here's what we got. We got, we're missing a couple. Are they coming? I think so. I think so. Okay. What's that? We're going to bind it in Jesus' name. We got family. We got money. We got dreams. We got the internet, our phones. And we got, you don't got it. Go get your sheet. There we go. Work. Work it, Michael. I'm going to get real with you. I'm going to get real with you. I think a lot of us, we think of family. Family comes first. Can I tell you? We are in a generation where our children have become idols. Our children dictate, determine our schedules. If they got something, it comes before God. It comes before church. It comes before everything else. And I'm watching a generation that has idolized family. And they've taken it, something good. But because of lack of priorities, they are bound by it. Money. I'm going to get real with you now. You don't like this one. <laughs> money is not bad. Money is not evil. The love of money is the root of all kinds of evil. Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also, the word tells us. Here's what I've seen, though. A lot of people, they live their life for what they can get, not what they can give. They live their life and their money becomes their driving force. It becomes their identity. It becomes everything they are. It becomes all that they're living for and going for. And there's this bondage. They're bound by stuff, by toys, by things. Now, dreams, I know you guys got dreams. Look at this room. Look at all the dreams in the room. You got some dreamers out here. But how many of us have taken and grabbed a hold of dreams that God's saying, I didn't give you that. I didn't say that. And in fact, I'm actually asking you right now to let go of that dream, to give up that dream, to lay that dream down, to bind that dream up. But we're living our life. No, I have to make this happen. I have to grind it into place. I have to hustle. We're bound. Our internet obsession Pornography men, our phones that our kids see our faces like this more than they see our faces like this. We're bound. I know, men, it's hard in a sexualized culture to maintain purity. But how many of us are bound by things that God is saying, I want you to bind it up? There was a couple of years back, we had a, a young girl started coming to our church, young woman. She was a, 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 a growing, famous athlete. 
and she was getting more and more influence and followers. And I started following her on Instagram. She would come and then she moved. And next thing you know, her photos on social media became more and more explicit and sexual in nature. And I'm seeing things that I should not be looking at. And as a man, my mind, what does my mind do when I see things that I shouldn't be looking at? So I did something crazy, church. I went to Instagram and I clicked unfollow. Why? Because I said, it is bind or be bound. I don't want to be bound by this. I was just talking to somebody in our church who has a flip phone. The Nokia flip phone. He be texting hacka slow. And I'm like, bro, what is up? He said, I'm not giving the devil a foothold in my life. It is bind or be bound. And then work. How many of us, our lives revolve around this thing? I gotta climb the ladder. I gotta move forward. I gotta make more money. I gotta build. I gotta go. I gotta grow. And we're bound by things that we need to bind up. These are just a few. But this is what I'm seeing with many of you. This is you. And it's not one thing. You're bound by many things. And when I look at Abraham's life and I look at what he did with Isaac, what he loved most, the promise had come and God says, bind it up, put it on the altar and sacrifice it. And Abraham goes and willingly he reaches his hand out. He takes the knife ready to plunge it into his son. And God speaks and says, stop, because you have not withheld. I see that you fear me. You see, you want to know what my issue is with the church today? It's not sin. It's fear. We don't fear the Lord. We don't have a reverence for God any longer. We fear what people think more than what God says. We fear what people say about us more than what his word speaks over us. And we are walking bound to so many things. These are just a few of the many things that you may be bound by. And they're not all bad things. I'm not saying any of these things are bad things in and of themselves. Some of these things are good things. But can I tell you, when a good thing becomes a God thing, the God thing is no longer a good thing. What am I saying? I'm talking about little g God. There are good things in your life that have become God things, idols in your life. And so those now little g God things, idols are no longer good things. Why? Because what you were meant to bind has you now bound. And so here's what we need to do. I love my family, but I got to teach them priorities. I got to show them that God comes first for my kids. My, 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 my son plays basketball on Sunday mornings right now. And he, was, he had a game this morning early. He's like, Dad, I'm not going to church. I said, yes, you are. You, we got 1130 service. I'll see you there. And I got a friend bringing him. I got a friend bringing him right now. I'm not at his game. What? Because I got something God's called me to do. Money. Am I going to let it determine and dictate? Or am I going to say, no, God, I'm binding this thing up. I'm going to tithe. I'm going to give the first fruits to you. No, it is bind or be bound, my dreams. God, if you got a different dream for me, I'm rocking. God, I'm listening. My ears are open. It's what you want, not what I want. It's get that flip phone, phone church. Some of you men, go get the Nokia. And we ain't going to judge you either. I'm going to see your flip phone. I say, go on. Go on, young man. Go on, man of God. That's right. Work. 
Is this our identity? Is this all that we care about? Is this where we find our value? What in your life do you need to bind so that you are not bound? Give it up for them. Come on. Hopefully they can walk off the stage. You know what I love about Abraham? He didn't take any shortcuts. What did Abraham do? The steps to the sacrifice? He got up first and God says, go. It wasn't a short journey. This was a three-day journey to go to the place that God told him to sacrifice. He travels three days. He builds the altar. He arranges the wood if the keys would come back. He binds Isaac. He lays Isaac on the altar. He reaches out his hand. He takes the knife in order to slaughter his son and God stops him. God says, because I see that you fear me, because I see that you trust me more than you trust in natural circumstances, more than you love the things of this earth, the things of this world, I will bless you. Abraham believed that God would provide. He believed that God would provide an alternative sacrifice. And how do we know this? Because in verse number eight, see, I, I, I look at the story and I'm like, dude, I, I don't know that I could do this. I have two sons. If God asked this of me, could I do this? I don't know that I could do this. But what did Abraham believe? Abraham believed God will provide an alternative sacrifice. How do we know this? We see this in this text when Isaac says, Dad, where, where's the sacrifice? He says, the Lord will provide. He's Jehovah Jireh. He's going to make a way. Either he's bringing you back from the dead or he's giving us an alternative and stopping my hand. And that's what God does. You can trust in God no matter what you're facing, church. You can trust in God even if he asks you to do something extreme. You can trust in God even if he tells you, get out of the boat and walk on the water. And I think God has wanted to raise the level of faith in this place. We've been in a last few weeks, Chrissy and I have been talking to our staff and, and talking to our church. On first Wednesday, we talked about it, consecration. I believe God is calling the church to a greater level, a greater standard of holiness than ever before. That we would consecrate ourselves unto God. Why? Because God works through the people when they are focused and fixated on him and him alone. Amen. Our sin can hold us back from the power of God being released. And I don't wanna miss out on the plans and the purposes and the power of God because I got something in my life that I'm bound by. Because I got something in my life that I know I should have binded it up, but because I did it, I'm bound by it. And I know in this room with this many people and honestly from the 830 service that many Christians are bound we're bound by so much. We're bound by sin. We're bound by our own perspectives. We're bound by what we want more than what God wants. We're bound. And God sent me here today to call us to a higher standard, a higher place. To say, bind it up so you're no longer bound by it. He's the God of freedom. He doesn't want you bound. He wants you free. He doesn't want you in bondage. He wants you walking fully free, focused on the plans and the purposes that he has for your life. Abraham finished what he started. I love the end of this. Because at the very end, it says he raises the knife. 
And the angel of the Lord stops him, says, stop, stop. Now that I see you fear the Lord, you would not withhold your son, your only son from me. I will provide a replacement and I will bless you. I'm not a prosperity gospel teacher, but I will tell you this. Because many of us are in bondage, we're bound. I believe we're missing out on the full blessings that God has for our lives. That's biblical. That when we are walking in step with God, it doesn't mean your life is perfect. Doesn't mean you don't have struggles and storms. Doesn't mean you don't walk through challenging things. But it does mean when I am walking a life aligned with his word and aligned with my God, let me tell you, there is greater favor on my life. There is greater blessings on my life. There is greater purpose on my life. There is greater direction on my life. Why? Because the sin has us bound. How can we walk fully free when we're bound? How can we walk in confidence as followers of Christ, speaking the word wherever we go, loving people, when in the background we just know I'm, I'm, I'm bound, I'm in bondage. I got all this stuff under the surface. Nobody knows about it. It's hidden. There's a lack of confidence in the believers of the church because of all that we're bound by. And God wants us confident. Confident. Not in ourselves, but in him. But confident that we are aligned fully with him. He finished what he started. So what happens? We see here, after the angel stops his hand, stays his hand, he turns and there is a ram caught in a thicket. A replacement sacrifice. And Abraham takes the ram with his son Isaac. And they slaughter the ram. They sacrifice and they burn this sacrifice to the Lord. What has a hold of you to the point that you would not give it up if God asked? What are you bound by that you have not given up even though you know God's been asking you to? What have you been bound by that is holding you back from walking fully in the purpose that God's placed over your life? Some of you say, man, it's hard to give it up. I know. And you know God knows? Because while Abraham's hand was stayed and he did not have to kill his son, and God provided a replacement sacrifice. Our God gave his son. Our God willingly sacrificed his son. There was no replacement. His son was the replacement. Jesus. And he took the place of you and I. And he died the death that we should have died. And took our sin. The sin that even right now in this moment we're bound by. And so I want to tell you right now to encourage you that even though you're bound up, Jesus has already taken it all. 
Even though you got sin on your life and in your life and hidden beneath the surface and no one even knows about it, can I tell you, his grace is sufficient for you. He loves you just as you are in the mess, in the muck, in the mire, in the dirt, in the darkest place, in your failure, uh, on your worst day. He still loves you. That's why he sent his son to take the sin and to make you right before him. So I wanted to encourage you because I know there's people bound in this place and you're feeling discouraged and you're feeling defeated, but Jesus wanted to tell you, no, 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 I still got you. I still love you. I'm still with you. I took your place. I took your sin, but here's what I do think he's saying. You're forgiven. But you know what repentance is? It's not a word we like to use in the church anymore. But you know what repentance is? Repentance is an act of confessing our sins and then changing how we're living. If we don't change, it's not true repentance. God has taken your sin and forgiven you of your sin, but he also says, now go and sin no more. He also says, I don't want you still bound. I don't want you still in bondage. I don't want you still in shackles. I want you free. And so today in this place, I am asking you, I am calling you that right now, you would bind it up so you are no longer bound by it. And you know what's powerful? One act, one step, one movement, maybe just the, the motion of raising your hand, which I'm going to do for you in a moment, is the first step of binding that which you've been bound by for far too long. Heads bowed, eyes closed all around this. Hey, thanks so much for tuning in to the Project Church podcast. We pray and hope that this message encouraged you, built you up, and gave you life. We want to ask that you would invest right now in what God is doing here in downtown Sacramento. We've just recently moved in to our all-new building in the waterfront, Old Sacramento District. We want to ask you, if you'd like to give, you can go to projectchurch.com forward slash give to invest. Let's see all that God can do through us.